Hello, this is Pastor Dan of Edgeboro Moravian Church, and welcome to this Worship by Phone recording posted during the week of Sunday, October 18th. This Sunday was the 20th Sunday after Pentecost, and it was also the prayer day for peace with justice and freedom. Certainly things that we can all pray for these days. Just a quick announcement before we continue with worship. Uh, Edgeboro will begin worshiping indoors beginning on November 1st, and the worship time will change to 10.30 a.m. Uh, we will continue to do these worship by phone services in the meantime, but if you're interested in worshiping in person, uh, you will be, if you're a member of the church, you will be receiving a copy of the safety protocols uh, that the Joint Board put in place by mail. Uh, you can also see them at edgeboromoravian.org online. Uh, so please check those out before you decide to come to worship. Uh, we will also be live streaming our services on YouTube. You can find Edgeboro Moravian Church's YouTube channel uh, by, by searching it there or by going to edgeboromoravian.org. You can find it there as well, and you can follow along online, or you can follow along on the phone like you're doing right now. So with that, let us quiet our hearts for worship as Gail Justice uh, has recorded some music for us, so we'll listen to that, and then I will get into the scripture readings and the message and a closing prayer for us today. So let us begin with worship. scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 15 through 22, the question about paying taxes. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere, and teach the way of God in accordance with truth, and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? Well, they answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. When I was in confirmation class back at Lake Mills Moravian Church, we used to play a very competitive version of Bible trivia. Now, truthfully, I'm not sure if this was something we as students just made up, or if it was something that started as a class activity and we just kind of made it go in our own direction. But either way, that might be the reason why I don't remember the rules too well to begin with. I mean, they probably kept changing anyway. What I do remember is that every game turned into a contest of who could stump the other team first, which meant that every game ended in some version of the question, something like this, could God make a rock so big 
that even he couldn't move it. I hated trap questions like this. Either way, you're admitting that the God who can do everything can't do something. God either can't create a big enough rock, or God can't move the rock. It was a cheap way to win, but we all did it. In today's Gospel reading, the Pharisees and Herodians wanted to play some Bible trivia with Jesus, but probably with some higher stakes involved, you know, in order to get him arrested. Right away, we know that the Pharisees and Herodians went into this conversation with the intention of trapping Jesus into saying something he wasn't supposed to say. After what appeared to be some pretty fake praise to begin with, they dropped the trap question on him. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? Now, before we get to Jesus' response, there's a couple details that are really important here. Whoever had the initial idea to trap Jesus in his own words had a really good plan set up. Not only did they have a good trap question in mind, but they also brought along the right people. There were two groups in that crowd. The Pharisees are lawful Jewish teachers who know scripture inside and out. They would be the ones that would have a problem with Jesus saying that money is due to the emperor over God and would then have grounds to discredit Jesus as a rabbi or perhaps even forbid him from entering the temple at all. The other group was the Herodians, who were more of a political party, and we don't know much about them, uh, but we know that they were supportive of Roman rule, as you could probably tell by them being named after King Herod. So they would have a problem if Jesus said that money was due to God instead of the emperor, and would have gone off and told Roman authorities about this teaching and that Jesus was discouraging people from paying their taxes. They intentionally brought along enough people from both groups to guarantee that someone would be upset no matter what Jesus said. Here's another detail to keep in mind. This was happening in the temple. It doesn't say it in this passage, but we know this from the last chapter. In, in Matthew 21, Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey, the Palm Sunday story, he left the city for the night, but came back the next day, went to the temple, flipped over some money changers' tables, and continued telling a few parables, and in that same conversation, now we are still here. We're still at the temple in this story. I don't know if this location was intentionally planned by the Pharisees and Herodians or not, but it's a crucial part of the story. As I mentioned, there were money changers stationed around the temple, much like you would see at an airport. And it's generally accepted that these money changers would charge a hefty fee to change your money, much like you would see at an airport. Some things haven't changed much. The reason why they needed money changers in the temple was so that Jews could make appropriate offerings to God. The currency of the day was denarii. That was the Roman currency which had the emperor's face on it. It would appear disloyal both to God and to the emperor, who also, by the way, called himself God. It would appear disloyal for Jews to make an offering with one quote-unquote God's face on it to another God, the one and only God. It'd be disloyal to both God and to the emperor. So, Jews had an alternate currency that they could make their offerings to God with. The rule was that Jews 
would see the money changer in the temple immediately upon entering so that no Jew would carry any money with another quote-unquote God's face on it at any time they were in the temple. It's also probably safe to assume that since the Pharisees were all about following Jewish law, that they were the ones that put this rule into place. So let's get back to the story. Here come the Pharisees and Herodians with their perfect and well-thought-out plan in place, bringing everybody they need to, to catch Jesus in his own words. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? So what does Jesus do? He has them pull out a coin. And right there and then, he had them. They pull out a denarius, a coin with the emperor's head right on it. While they were standing in the middle of the temple, here they are trying to catch Jesus, and yet Jesus catches them with the one coin they weren't supposed to have. The same people that were trying to show that Jesus was wrong are the same ones that can't even follow their own rules. So much for the well-thought-out plan. We often think that it's Jesus' great response that stops them in their tracks, But it's this, having the wrong coin, that really brings everything to a halt. So what he says next is just icing on the cake. Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. Yep, give to the emperor what has the emperor's image on it. Coins, sure. Statues, that's fine. Because you know what has God's image on it? You. People created in the image of God. So give your very lives to God, which of course means everything you got. Now, while this story might make you smile a little bit because Jesus outsmarted his opposition and we can score one for the home team here, I think there are a few other takeaways that can give us joy. And so I'll end with those ideas. The first takeaway, we are reminded that we belong to God. While we might see images on other things, God's image is always on us. That's how we were created. And it's always good to be reminded that we are not alone without connection in our lives. We are forever connected to and loved by God. That's just how we were created to be. Second takeaway. There's a stewardship lesson here. Give to God's what is God's. If we have God's image on us, if that's how we were created, and we ourselves are God's, then let us devote ourselves and everything we have to God. And a final takeaway. Even if we might feel stuck or trapped, God's not. Which sounds very similar to our focus last week when we read from Philippians. As the Apostle Paul was stuck in prison while writing that, He had faith that God was still working in ways beyond his understanding. And so he encouraged his readers, that being us now, that in times when we feel stuck, much like how we feel stuck and stagnant in this pandemic, longing for it to end, that God's still active. I think we just witnessed further evidence of that through Jesus. Oftentimes when we feel stuck in life, we just assume that God is too because there's no progress being made or we don't see any miracles that are happening around us. But even in 
situations like this one, where God should have been pinned into a corner and God should have been stuck, that didn't happen. And so we can have faith in a God who can move and work in unpredictable and unseen ways. So brothers and sisters, fellow image bearers, in uncertain times, may we continue to give of ourselves to an active and loving God nearby. Amen. As we think about our lives, as we think about the lives of others, as we think about the world, all of which we could pray for, as we think about God's image upon us and the unbreakable connection that we have with God, even in uh, joyful times and even in difficult times, times in which we might feel stagnant and stuck, we remember all of this as we come to uh, a time of prayer. Uh, we will close our time with an examine prayer, uh, that which is found in the Sing to the Lord a New Song songbooks. And so there will be four pauses for silent reflection. And I will try to keep that to around 20 seconds or so. Just wanted to let you know that up front that no, nothing is wrong with, uh, with this phone call or with the recording. There will be pauses for silent reflection. And I will give you some prompts on what to think about and pray about during those times. Let us pray together. God of peace, we seek your peace in our hearts and in our world. We celebrate your serenity of spirit in the midst of life's opportunities and challenges. We celebrate harmony in our families and in all our relationships. We celebrate the days when our families live in your peace without fear. Yet we confess that at times we act in ways that do not support the spiritual life we celebrate. At times our response to life is less than serene. At times we contribute to the conflict within our families and relationships. At times, our actions or attitudes do not provide a safe place for others to grow. At times, Lord God, our hearts do not glorify you. Reflect on the recent past. What in your life do you celebrate and for what are you thankful for? And they shall stand every morning thanking and praising the Lord. To you, O God, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and power. Reflect on the recent past. Where have you witnessed God's presence in your life? Lord, where can I go from your spirit? If I ascend to heaven or make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Jesus assures us, I will be with you always to the end of the age. Reflect on the recent past. What might you have done differently to glorify God?
You, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call on you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my cry of supplication. In the day of my trouble I call on you, for you will answer. For a final time, reflect on the present. Pray for the joys and concerns that are on your mind. God of peace, we seek your peace in our hearts and in our world. With grateful hearts, we give thanks to you. Fill us with your spirit. Renew our lives with your purpose. Open our hearts to your will. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And all God's people said, Amen.